his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. It's 9.30 in 716. Trying to digest the dueling headlines about Bishop Malone and Bishop DiMarzio and what it all means for the Diocese of Buffalo. This, this whole scandal... And this um, and this uh, prolonged sta- stalemate that we're in now is causing enormous harm at the parish level. One local leader looking to restore trust and faith to a diocese not seen locally for some time, he says. Cardinal Tobin down in Newark was leading a uh, a march uh, in support of migrants and refugees. And in Buffalo, we were talking about a love triangle. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 in 716. The movement to restore trust has been patiently watching developments as the Diocese of Buffalo continues to navigate under the challenged leadership of Bishop Richard Malone. Malone under intense pressure to resign as the sex abuse allegations against the diocese and alleged cover-up of abuse through decades persists. Then word Wednesday from Rome journalist Christopher Lamb that he had learned a resignation by Bishop Malone was imminent. Malone is in Rome now and meeting with other New York State bishops at the Vatican Friday. Within minutes of that report, news that allegations of abuse were being leveled against Bishop DiMarzio of the Brooklyn Diocese. You'll recall he is the bishop who oversaw the apostolic visitation in Buffalo and investigation into the diocese for the Vatican. What to make of it all? Looking for some guidance. The Movement to Restore Trust believes that the, uh, uh, the process of healing and reconciliation within the diocese really is going to require new leadership. And so I think um, maybe part of what we're seeing here is some some pent-up anxiety as to when are we going to get on with that. John Hurley, president of Canisius College, heads up the movement to restore trust. If there needs to be a change at the top, um, how soon will that come? And, you know, and and, and I think uh, the, the, the situation is complicated somewhat by the, uh, the rather opaque processes within the Vatican. So it isn't a, it isn't a, a cut and dried kind of situation that people understand. What do you make of, uh, A, the report from uh, the reporter Christopher Lamb saying that, uh, you know, he has high up sources, and I guess we can't question those. He's a credible journalist over there, um, you know, saying that he has indication that uh, this is imminent, uh, the resignation of of Bishop Malone. Now, then another reporter uh, today who also is credible, has been on on WBEN uh, on a a few occasions, um, said that the bishop, uh, when he encountered him uh, today in Rome, said absolutely false. Yeah, I saw saw both of those reports, and uh, I'm never sure what to make of things when when they appear to be uh, so diametrically opposed, but... um, I I was told through a couple of outside sources that uh, Christopher Lamb was a credible journalist and that these weren't just rumors that were being uh, reported but um that's that's about all I know
Let's kind of take it from from two angles because two things could happen. One could be that Christopher Lamb is is accurate and the bishop will indeed resign, and uh, we'll learn that from the, from the Vatican soon. And the other option, obviously, is that the, the bishop sticks things out and continues uh, to uh, pressure on as the, uh, the the leader of the diocese. So let's let's take option A first. If 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 the bishop does resign, uh, what then? What next? How do things uh, improve? In your opinion? Well, if the bishop resigns, um, we we would uh, turn our attention to the appointment of a temporary administrator here in the diocese, a person who would oversee uh, the diocese while the uh, the pope and the apostolic nuncio in Washington discuss the appointment of the next bishop. Um, who that temporary administrator would be is actually a a question that I've been thinking about um, because. Uh, if it's if it's a bishop from another diocese, as was the case in West Virginia recently, when that bishop was removed, the uh, the bishop of Baltimore, Bishop Lori, was appointed the temporary administrator. Well, that bishop has his own diocese to worry about, and then he's given another one. So we would have to look at a way of uh, how how do the immediate day-to-day uh, challenges of this diocese get uh, properly supervised and addressed. Um, if a temporary administrator from another diocese is just generally overseeing things. So that's something we're looking at. The the other concern that uh, we've had is we've been looking at a website recently called catholichierarchy.org, and there are uh, presently 17 uh, sees or dioceses around the country where the, 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 the seat is either vacant or uh, it's it's being occupied by someone who has already submitted his uh, retirement letter at the age of 75. So there's 17 slots in front of Buffalo, and then there are another six that are being held by bishops who are 74, so sometime in the next 8, 10, 12 months, they would be submitting their their, uh, retirement letter. So uh, that causes me to wonder, um, is there a sufficiently deep talent pool within the Catholic Church in America to adequately fill these seats with people who are prepared to really address some very complex challenges. And I think Buffalo uh, may be near the top of the list in terms of the complexity of the challenges here, both financial and uh, spiritual. What would the what would be accomplished, um, uh, John, if if the bishop steps down, you know, for example, in the next in in, in the coming days, versus the bishop serving uh, until the end of his his term, if you will, or until the time of his required retirement, um, what would a more immediate resignation accomplish for the diocese? In your in your thoughts, there are several outstanding issues, Tim, that need to be addressed here. The first is the resolution of the of the sex abuse claims, the the various lawsuits that have been filed, and um, uh, I, I'm not advocating for one way or the other to, for it to be addressed, but to me, it seems that the filing of a Chapter 11 bankruptcy is inevitable. So I think the facts just dictate that because there is there really is no no easy way of responding individually to 150 plus different lawsuits, and it and it isn't and it isn't fair really to the claimants as much as some people might want to say that it would be unfair to file bankruptcy because um, in a bankruptcy case the claims will be 
all dealt with together and there won't be a race to the courthouse so that the first plaintiff gets the money and maybe the last plaintiff gets nothing. So that's an immediate issue that, that really has to be addressed and, and that has to be uh, very uh, very tightly managed because there's an issue, number one, of you know just setting up the mechanism for resolving the claims and determining what the amounts of money that are going to be available to do that. But there's also the uh, what the diocese is going to look like going forward. What is the operational plan given given the financial losses that we're likely to sustain as a result of this litigation? So that is an immediate issue that, you know, with the bishop remaining in office, say, till the end of his term uh, when he turns 75, um, I don't know how that gets effectively managed. Why, why can't this current bishop go through bankruptcy the way any other bishop might? I mean, why would... Well, well, he could, but from what we've seen so far, I don't know that there's uh, there's an ability really to manage the process. And, and, and one of the problems is that, you know, for better or for worse, and, and we've consistently said this, that we don't, we don't lay all the ills of the diocese at the feet of Bishop Malone. For better or for worse, he's become a lightning rod for it. And it makes it very difficult to negotiate a way out of that when you are the lightning rod for for all the criticisms of of what has come before and that that's just a fact it's not uh it's it's not a judgment on 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 our part it's just it's just the fact of the situation and it's regrettable in many ways but it's it's the way this thing has played out so it it's a situation that calls out for a fresh approach and um and 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 very good management and frankly, what's happened here over the last uh, almost two years in Buffalo hasn't given anyone the confidence that, that, that that's likely to happen. Have you or, or any of the, the hierarchy of the movement to restore trust had any contact with the bishop uh, lately or recently since you, know, uh, since you were working with him? Uh, no. None at all. Okay. No. Um, you know, it, then you know there there is the uh, you know if if the bishop uh, you know is is uh, telling the truth and this is all false and he is not going to step down um, and is going to be here. I mean, uh, what would your immediate concerns be? I think that it, it probably goes in complete concert with what you've already said for the reverse. Well, yeah. So I um, you, you know if he stays on, it's the it's it's how does the uh, how do the claims get resolved? But then you know there's a there's a um, an issue of of, of what does the future of the church look like here in Buffalo, uh, Tim? And and we remain concerned that this this whole scandal and this um, and this uh, prolonged sta- stalemate that we're in now is causing enormous harm at the parish level. People are walking out of the churches in droves. The collections are down, and that puts at risk the viability of individual parishes, and it puts at risk the operations and the important ministries of the diocese. And we don't think that that's a situation that, that, that could uh, continue for, uh, for two years. I mean, we might not have a church left to, uh, to reorganize in Buffalo at the end of that. Um, and, and then there's the larger issue, and this is, again, it, it, it's somewhat connected to the sex abuse scandal, but it's, it's a larger issue of uh, secularization in Western Europe and in the United States, and the need for the Catholic Church to recognize that it that it's become really a uh, it, it needs to be recognized that it's not the church that it was in the 1950s. 
it needs to really re-envision itself as a missionary church and go out and 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 evangelize to the next to the next generation of Catholics and 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 that means we've got to we've got to do some very hard thinking about you know how how do we bring the message of the gospels to uh, to a new generation and that that is being put off completely on the side while we deal with these uh, very temporal issues of lawsuits and scandal and the like. Speaking of scandal, uh, you know, it, it, within 30 minutes of receiving the, the report of uh, uh, the imminent resignation, potentially, of, of Bishop Malone, uh, we then hear the news of uh, Bishop DiMarzio. And of course, um, no one knows what the apostolic visitation report says, other than, uh, I assume, Bishop DiMarzio. And then yesterday, word comes out that there has been uh, an accusation leveled against uh, Bishop DiMarzio himself. Um, it it reads like a soapbox. Um, your your thoughts on that that development? Um, those are uh, allegations in a lawsuit that have to be addressed. I mean, I I always caution people um, that a that a complaint filed in a uh, in a lawsuit initiating a lawsuit or those are those are uh, the uh, the claims of a plaintiff putting the best foot forward on why the plaintiff thinks he is entitled to relief and the whole process of lawsuits and I know it because I'm a lawyer is uh, is a process of sorting that out and so that'll have to be sorted out but it was surprising you know that because apparently it was uh, this this had never been disclosed before it hadn't been part of any earlier uh, claim against the uh, the diocese of Brooklyn or or, or New Jersey. Well, doesn't doesn't it also too, uh, you know, as the the legalities aside that you just referenced, but doesn't it also um, it it could potentially call into question the validity of what's in that report, right? I mean, because if it you know someone that that may be uh, accused of or potentially involved in in activity that they're they're investigating, you know, would certainly, um, you know, undermine the credibility of a report being produced, right? Um, possibly, but, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd caution you on that point, because um, uh, I, I met with Bishop DiMarzio. Um, I can, con- we've confirmed that this week in a uh, release that we uh, we sent out, and, and one other member of our organizing committee met with Bishop DiMarzio, um, and, and our conversations are confidential, but, but I would say that on the basis of our discussion, it was pretty clear to me that he had a very good picture of what was what was going on here in Buffalo, and that his investigation was far more than just uh, it, it really it really it actually really wasn't an investigation into sex abuse claims. It was an investigation into the the state of the diocese more generally that of which that is certainly a part but that wasn't the sole focus at least that was not my impression from uh, from what he said to me from so, yeah, from your part of um, it. so the fact that there's a lawsuit pending may or may not call into question the conclude and the, the 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 report he wrote and i would stress too that he he was not drawing any conclusions that was up to pope francis to draw from the report this was going to be a factual report 
John, when you uh, when you kind of sit down and have some quiet time, and I'm sure that's probably uh, few and far between uh, these days. But when you have a little quiet time and you and you just kind of think of what is what has transpired, uh, and then perhaps the news that broke yesterday and both of the incidents that, uh, incidences that uh, we've been speaking of, you just kind of scratch your head and say, "What are we doing? What has happened? What has gone wrong in this church?" Tim, I couldn't agree more. You know, there are there have been many moments here over the last several months where I would say, I, I can't believe that we're even having this conversation. There was a, there was a moment back in uh, August or early September when the story about Father Nowak and the seminarian, the ex-seminarian and Father Richard broke. And I thought uh, on, that, on that particular day, Cardinal Tobin down in Newark was leading a, uh, a march uh, in support of migrants and refugees. And in Buffalo, we were talking about a love triangle. Um, we, we've got to find a way, uh, we've got to find a way to address the legitimate claims of those who've been harmed by the church, but we've got to find a way to get back to the, uh, the message of the Gospels and Catholic social teaching, because the world desperately needs it. And uh, I, get, I get very concerned that we're, we're very far away from that place. John Hurley of the Movement to Restore Trust, as he and all Catholics in western New York await the next development in a tumultuous time. That's 9.30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.